You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. My son came to me one day. I hope you're in 1 Thessalonians 4. We'll start there in a minute. Uh, He came to me one day with a little pamphlet, uh, and it said, what next? What to do after you trust Christ as your personal Savior is basically what it was saying. Well, I took that thing and I poured over it, and it was pretty small. And uh, I loved the concept of it. So I I took it and I, I rewrote it because the doctrines were way off. They were speaking in tongues. They were uh, everything that, but uh, it's a study in the book of John. And uh, when I got done with it, it was about 12 pages. (laughs) Uh, So it was a nice little pamphlet. So I use it as a uh, discipleship program. It's get us, I call it first steps in his steps. To me, there's nothing more important in the Christian life than your walk. 1 Thessalonians 4.1 Furthermore, when we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus Christ, that ye have received of us how ye ought to walk and to please God, so ye would abound more and more. So our walk with God is to please God and it's to abound him more and more, to increase God. It's to increase the number in this church if we are to walk like normal Christians ought to walk. Uh, today, we've got such a watered-down Christianity, I want to... Uh, because nobody is walking like Christ wants us to walk. You'll say, oh, but I don't agree with that. Well, you... you Take it up with this book. Because this book is the book that tells us how to walk. And in this world, we will be called all kinds of names. Legalists. We will be called everything under the sun. Conformists. Uh, we, uh, <laughs> I, I often said in my church, if, if my walk in Christ makes me a legalist, so be it. But I am not a legalist. The first steps we take as a Christian, I loved watching my son take his first steps. My daughter take his first steps. You know how unstable they are when they're little babies? They just waddle around. And it's not really a walk. It's a waddle, amen? It's, and it's a lot of fun to watch that. And it, it's the same for a baby Christian. To, uh, because it's scary to have somebody call you those kind of names. We don't like to be called names as people, amen? Uh, but as a fundamental Bible-believing Christian, we are going to be called those names, whether we like it or not. We'll be hated, we'll be despised, we will be persecuted for our walk. And in 2 Timothy 3.12, it says, Yea, and all that will live godly or walk godly in Christ shall suffer persecution. And your walk and the way you handle persecution or the name calling will tell you how strong a Christian you are. 
Do you get mad? Do we turn on them? I should hope not. But we come looking to glorify God with our walk. Verse 2, First Thessalonians 4 says, For ye know what commandments we gave you by the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that ye should abstain from fornication. Uh, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself here. But uh, this walk as a Christian, as I said, they will call us legalism. Legalists, legalism, whatever you want to say. But it's, a, it's not a, a have-to walk. It's a want-to walk. It's, a, it, it's a, a get to walk. I get to walk to glorify my Savior. Uh, what I mean by walk, is, this is my walk now. And thank God I can because for about three years I couldn't walk. And boy, when you can't walk physically, it's difficult. Uh, you have to depend on somebody else. And, but when I'm talking about a lifestyle, because a Christian should have a different lifestyle than the world. It's, a, it's the way, uh, the mannerisms we walk. And I'm, I'm running all over my, uh, my message here, but let me uh, uh, beg for your forgiveness. This walk should be a, a walk of desire to follow our Savior. How serious did you take your salvation? I tell you, Christ took it real serious. Do we take it that serious? Are we willing to die to self that Christ may live in you? Our walk will tell us, will tell the world around you what you are. Are you a peculiar person? Are you different than the world around you? Do you tell the dirty jokes? Do you laugh at the dirty jokes? Do you, uh, I, I just walk out of the room. It's funny, when I walk into where I work, their language changes. <laughs> and I kind of chuckle. But uh, being a pastor, uh, it's really funny to see how people uh, react around you. But our walk is a deep desire to be like our Savior. It's a manner that lifts and glorifies him to no end. Psalms, uh, David puts it this way in Psalms 86, 12 and 13. I will praise thee, O Lord my God, with, my, with all my heart, and I will glorify thy name forevermore. For greatly is thy mercy toward me, and thou hast delivered my soul from the lowest hell. Every song we sang this, this evening had something about walking in it. The special had walking in it. But do we really realize the way we walk? Our walk should not mirror the world. It should be just the opposite of the world. In, the, in Ephesians chapter 4, Paul gives us an outline how the Christian should walk. In Ephesians 4, 1 says, Walk worthy of the vocation where ye are called. Where it, 
vocation. Isn't that a job? Isn't that what we are, our vocation? A plumber does plumbing. A sound guy does sound every man. Uh, uh, we are, uh, it's our vocation. And when we're called to be Christians, guess what we are? It's a vocation. You say, is it a job? Well, I tell you, walking a Christian walk, it's not an easy walk. It, it, it's, uh, getting saved is easy. I get criticized all the time. Oh, you believe in easy believers. I go, darn right I do because it is easy to get saved. You trust Christ as your personal Savior, do you throw it away? Or do you try to walk the walk that Jesus walked? He is set here as our example. I believe the Bible is an end sample. So when we walk, we're walking in his footsteps because you are Christ. I remember an old illustration of a, <clears throat> a, a drunkard father going up to the, he tells his wife he's going to the tavern, and he gets out, and he spot off six to eight inches of snow on the ground, which we're losing all that lovely stuff, amen? <laughs> and uh, daddy gets up to the door of the, the tavern, and he hears someone yell. He turns around, and there his little five-year-old boy is jumping in his footsteps, trying to reach daddy. And his daddy turned and looked at the tavern that he was about to walk into and saw his son walking in his footsteps. Where was daddy leading the little boy? You see, we've got people watching us all the time. People you don't know that are watching you. The youngest among you, you've got somebody watching you. The oldest know better. The oldest know that somebody's watching them. Because we have an example to set like Jesus set for us for the younger generation. So we need to have our, boy, the youth today drive me crazy. I drive a school bus, and it, it, it's, you would not believe what you hear on the school bus. We need to walk worthy of our vocation. We need to walk not as Gentiles walk. Now, what is the Gentiles? A Gentile uh, back then was a, a non-Jew. But in this day and age, it would be a lost man. So we're not to walk like the world. We, we are to walk as children of light. Ephesians 5, 8. How do we walk as children of light? Follow Jesus. You remember uh, Peter? Boy, I love Peter. He makes me so, so glad that one of the disciples made a lot of mistakes too. <laughs> uh, how much faith did it take Peter to step out of that boat when Jesus was walking on the sea? Would you step out of the boat? <laughs> Boy, that's a lot of faith, amen? And he walked on water. He's the only one I know besides Jesus, amen? Imagine having that kind of faith. And Peter was far from perfect, but Peter was called to God. And do you know what? If you're a born-again Christian today, you are called to God. Amen. And it's up to you to walk like Jesus walked, and so you could walk on water someday maybe, amen? Well, wouldn't that be awesome? 
2 Corinthians 3, 5, uh, 5, 7 says, For we walk by faith and not by sight. I listened to a story the other day of a man who uh, was a, a wicked sinner and he gets saved miraculously, but uh, in his journey, he loses his eyesight. And he's trusting God all the way and he can't see anything, but he's got this dog. And you know what he said God told him to do? Now, I don't know why he would do this, but, or why God would tell him to do this. Uh, has anybody ever heard of the Appalachian Trails? 2,000 miles in the wilderness. He went and took his C&I dog and hiked the Appalachian Trail. Blind as a bat. But, you know, if, if we walked not by sight but by faith, where would God take you? Where do you think your walk would be worthy of going? A walk is important to God. You see, um, we don't have to walk this way. We get to. But it's our choice. You want to glorify God? How's your walk? How's your mannerisms? How do you talk? I had a Bible college professor, we called him Brother Glory to God. And he was a great example because just about everything was, well, glory to God. Well, glory to God. Just about everything else. He was, he'd give God glory wherever he could and whenever and how often he could. The world thought he was real, hoo-hoo. But I loved him. Do you give God glory with our mouth? It's easier to do with the mouth than with our walk. So with our walk, it's vital because of others watching. I had a message on follow the leader, and that's a lot like this, because we are to follow our leader. You want to know how Jesus walked? Get to know him. Get to love him. Draw closer to him and walk like him. Oh, but I can't. I got this and this. And that. Those are excuses from the devil. Because if you're born again Christian, you are called to walk as God walks. You say, now that's legalism. Well, there we go again. Philippians 3.13 says, Brother, and I count it not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. See, we are to put our past walk behind us all the way. Forget it. Not to the point where you'll go back and repeat it, but forget it to where you, you don't want to go back. I always uh, uh, pictured uh, the putting the Word of God in a, 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 a memorial to my sins and setting it up in my mind where when I would turn back to my sin, I would put my head on it. and Oh, that's why I can't go that way. See, we're prone to want to sin. Say, why is that? <laughs> Face it, it's fun. It's dying to self. See, your walk with God takes a death 
And that's your walk in the world. It's your walking like so-and-so down the road. Teenagers. Whoa. They, uh, a lot of parents let their kids do whatever they want, whenever and however they want to do it. And then you get a child in there that's a born-again child of God, and uh, they come up to mom and dad, well, so-and-so does it. And their mom and dad says, so? <laughs> you just ain't going to do it. <laughs> uh, see, a parent is to control the child's walk. But a child is to desire to please your parents. Amen? Uh, kids are going, <laughs> Do you want to please God? Do you want to please God as much as you can? Then you'll please your parents. You, you'll walk as close to them as, as they walk to God. Now, if they're not walking with God, that's another story. Because I've seen it all the time. I used to be in the bus ministry. How many in the bus ministry? Uh, you ought to. It's a great ministry. Oh, we, we would go knock on doors. We would find a, a, a one-bedroom apartment with six families in it. And we would pull out as many as we could. And a lot of those parents wouldn't care where their kids went to church to let them choose. And I'm saying, uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> Are you stupid? too stupid to train your kids in the way they should go? We were glad to take them. I, I love the bus ministry. I'd still be in it if I had more workers. Because I, I have access to a bus, and, and it's amazing. To walk is to make one's way, to progress, to make due uh, use of opportunities. Uh, to he, in the Hebrew, it's uh, for to live, to regulate one's life, to conduct oneself, to, to pass One's, to pass one's life. Uh, I want to look at, uh, we ought to walk in holiness. Boy, when w someone walks in holiness, they're really going to be an oddball from this world. Because uh, furthermore, then we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus Christ that, that you've received, that you've ought to walk and to please God so ye would abound more and more. Everybody wants to please someone. Pleasing God ought to be the major of motivation in a Christian's life. Do you love God enough to please him? Hello? I mean, how much really do we love him? See, pleasing, uh, I'm jumping all over here, excuse me. Uh, Jesus said in John 8, 29, and he that sent me is with me. The Father hath not left me alone, for I always do those things that please him. Kids, you need to please your parents. Pleasing God means more than simply doing his will. Remember Jonah? Did Jonah do God's will? He ran the other way, didn't he? And then God had to spank him. <laughs> Believe you me, God spanks good. And if he hasn't spanked you yet, something's wrong. Because I know we are children of the flesh. Amen? And we'll do what we want to do until God says, straighten out. <laughs> he, he'll take us to the woodshed. We need to obey God. 
in 1 Thessalonians 4, 2 and 3, uh, for ye know what commandments we gave you by the Lord Jesus Christ, for this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that ye should abstain from fornication. What is sanctification? You, you set apart something for a special use. You're a born-again Christian today. You are sanctified by God, set apart for a special use. And what's our job? It's to try to seek, it's to seek God's will and way for our life. Young people, you need to look to God. Look to this book. Look to your preacher. Well, you've got one of the, uh, uh, tell you, Brother Jet's from God, amen? Uh, Br Brother Spencer did you all a great favor finding him, Amen. And Brother Spencer was a great man of God that walked with God. Was he perfect? By no means. None of us are. If you can cast a stone at him, you better uh, look out. Because Brother uh, Jet is of God. We need to glorify God. We need to avoid the chastening hand of God. Boy, that's so true. Uh, God is no respecter of person. That means he will... He will spank the elderly as, as well as the young. He will take anyone on. Uh, it, it, he will deal with our sins wherever he finds it. Whether it be in the life of the unsaved or the life of his own children. Uh, I mentioned earlier that I was off my feet for three years. Well, two years was all at once. Because I was out of God's will and way, and I was lost and heading for a hellfire. And uh, I was coming down Minnesota Avenue, that little hill up there by the nursing home. And I was on my 10 speed, and I was going back and forth to work. I had muscle-bound legs like you wouldn't believe, because that's all I rode around was on my bike. And I was flying down that hill one beautiful summer evening, about 6 o'clock, and this car pulls out in front of me. And I slam into the side of that car. And I'm sitting on the hood and my legs are kind of in the wheel well. I pull my legs out of the wheel well and I swing them out to the front. And my left one goes click, click, click. Like this, not like this. <laughs> now mind you, I was lost. And I said a lot of things to this lady that I shouldn't have said. I let her have it. Both barrels. I was off my feet for two years. I shattered my ankle all the way into the foot, up into the tibia and the fibula were all shattered. And they tried everything to get it to heal. Finally, after two years, they did a CAT scan of it, layer by layer, and found out I should have enough there to stand on. Worked for quite a while. That about, what, five years ago? I had a toe ankle put in. Now, there was my other year. <laughs> and every time I had my ankle operated on, it took another year to get back to normal, so to speak. It, and it's not fun. All that to say this, we need to make sure our walk is right. That's what church is all about. God got my attention so much that uh, I started going to church. <laughs> uh, me, going to church? I was born and raised Lutheran, and uh, a church was for the Bible thumpers and not for me. But my wife, she married a lost man. She, um, 
she started going to church. I didn't like sitting home. I was incapacitated. My leg was basically gone at that time. I had six pins going through it, three here and three down there, and it was just a traction device. I didn't want to stay home, so I started going to church with them. And the invitation would come by. I would stand up and I'd grab that pew. And I bet if I could find that pew, my fingerprints are still buried in that thing. Being a Lutheran, I didn't understand what the invitations were all about. I didn't even, I, I don't even know if I wanted to because I, I found out that church went knocking on doors. Isn't that what cults do? I was just, <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to even go here anymore. You know, I was just a brat. A bit, uh, well, after a while, on a Thursday night. What's Thursday night here? What? Visitation, right? Yeah. Thursday night, visitation. Somebody comes knocking at my door. I hobble over to the door. My wife's gone. And here stands this uh, lady that did the death signing. And I recognized her. She led me to Christ. And uh, because I thought I was, going, I was going to heaven because my parents were good Christians. They weren't even Christian. They were Lutherans. There's a difference. Amen. Uh, I found that out in my walk. I found that out in the word of God. You say, you shouldn't judge them. I'm not. I'm telling you the solid truth. I'm, sa- I'm not saying all Lutherans are going to hell, but I'm telling you if they're trusting in their religion, they are. I've led numbers of them to Christ. But it all depends upon our walk with Christ. And uh, You can go to any other church, but as long as you walk to Christ. I'm not a Bible, uh, what do they call it? Uh, Bible of uh, Baptist bride. I don't think that you have to be in a Baptist church to go to heaven, amen, like some people teach. Because the people can get saved, and if they're not taught right, they go to the church out of tradition. What is tradition if it's not a walk? And in my Bible, it tells me tradition is the only thing more powerful than the Word of God. That's the way we've always done it. That's where, that's where I go to church because grandma and grandpa are buried in the backyard. You ever hear that? And it takes a strong Christian to witness to those folks to try to pull them out of their tradition. Because a tradition is a walk that they've always... When I was first pastor of this church I moved a piano so the pianist could see me lead the music that, that helps doesn't it pianists <laughs> and uh, I got in trouble for moving the piano and I said well is, here, here's the reason then she understood see it, our, our walk should have a reason behind it and I'm talking about the reasons why, why we should walk like Jesus walked even though we'll get garbage thrown at us, even though we will be suffering persecution, even though that it isn't the most popular thing to do. Because believe you me, Christian, the first thing they're going to do is mock you. And how strong are you in Christ? 
That's why uh, an old preacher used to say it takes three to thrive. Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. I like this one better. It takes three to survive. In my Christian walk, as I, as I was growing in Christ, I, I, uh, was, uh, I got saved and got baptized, and I was uh, just going to church. Just going to church. Not realizing that I was saved to serve. And uh, it was around Christmas time, and Brother Spencer and Mrs. Spencer were talking about having a Christmas party, a Christmas play. I'm a graphic artist by trade. I, I love messing with the arts. And uh, I, the Lord talked to me and said, I wonder if they have a backdrop for their play. So I went up to Mrs. Spencer, and I asked her, and she said, no. And I told her I would like to build her one. She was all excited about that. First time I've ever done anything like this. So uh, they got me some paints and uh, uh, some paper, and I went downstairs, and I spread it all out, and I started working on it. Now, mind you, in my lost condition, I experimented with all kinds of drugs, all kinds of highs. But I tell you one thing. There is no high like serving the Lord. I come out of there just on cloud nine. No, it wasn't my pain. <laughs> I, I was doing something for the cause of Christ. We had put all that stuff up on the walls, and it turned out pretty neat, I thought. And I even volunteered to run the light systems on the, in, in the program. See, it's, it's all how I started growing in my walk. And... Uh, I was running back and forth, turning lights on, off here and on there, uh, and uh, I, I reached under the, the uh, baseboard to turn the light off, and there was no cover over the light switch, so, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I got a shock, it's a, but uh, living for the Lord, it's different, it's a good difference. It's no longer me first. It's, Lord, I want you first in my life. It's seeking him first in every condition that you walk in. Will this please God? Will this please mom and dad? Will this please my wife? See, it's always God first. I love my wife, but I love God more. If I didn't love God like I love God, I couldn't love my wife like I love my wife. That all stems to how we walk. Your walk. A walk is a wide perimeter. That's why I said, I don't know if I can get it all in tonight, but I'm not even going by my notes because I'm just going with the Spirit, amen? amen. Because we need to have a close walk with God. I said, we need to have a close walk with God. We need to have that close walk with God. Why? So you can glorify Him. And your walk with God will be equal in how much you love him. How far are you away from God this evening? Are you a long ways away? Can you barely see him? Better start running. I believe Jesus is coming. Coming very soon. Don't you watch the news? 
the good is bad and the bad is good? If you read your Bible, you'll see that's prophesied. And it has never been so blatant as it is today. And I want you to walk with God where you have such a close walk with him when you get to see his face at the judgment seat of Christ. He will say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Not, I had to run after you all the time. See, Lord, he did have to run after me. I know it. I'm still living with it today. Don't make God run after you where he has to break your leg or knock you down. See, he will allow you to fall. So the only place you can look is up. And you wonder why. You lay there, oh, why, God? I know an old evangelist that was a dirty, nasty drunk. He was going to go. He, he was in, in downtown Detroit in a bar. And he was getting just four sheets into the wind. And he calls his wife up. and His wife starts nagging him. And he says to her, I'm going to come home and I'm going to kill you. He slams the phone down and storms out of the bar. And it's cold and snowy at Detroit. He falls down, bumps his head, and lays there. Snowplow drives by and buries him. When they find him, he's darn near dead. They bring him out, bring him into the hospital, and he's laying there just frozen, and he's begging God to save him. Quite a change. I mean, it was a turnaround. He told God he'd serve him any way, shape, or form he could. And he came out as one of the greatest evangelists I've ever met. He used to preach here at Eastside. Brother Holso just loved him because he would crank him up. Because <laughs> he was one of those shouting preachers, amen? amen? He was one of the greatest soul winners you ever want to meet. Carl Hatch was his name. Man, if we could have, uh, you know, we, don't, we shouldn't get our, our walk so far off that God has to do that to us, Amen? We ought to be running after God. Oh, God, how can I walk? How can I glorify thee? What can I do to lift you and to glorify thee? You know what the Lord does then? He smiles down on you. And he's going to bless. I'm not a prosperity preacher, believe you me, because I know a lot of good Christians who have gone through a lot of valleys. But they glorify God in they not only glorify God in the valley, they worship him, they lift him up and says, he's my king. How about you? When we get in a valley, do we get the mully grubs? God doesn't like me no more. Or do we turn to him and say, Lord, teach me. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. I want you to examine your heart. I want you to look close at your walk. Are you walking with God? Is that walk as you ought to, are you walking as you ought to walk? 
I've learned many years ago that this altar is a place of decision. And if anybody mocks somebody for coming to the altar, the problem is you. Because we need an altar to come to for our decisions. We need to come and examine our walk. You're in the seat today. Are you walking the way Jesus would have you walk? Look, look, down the, look down the pathway. Look forward. Look backwards. Do you see yourself growing in your faith? Or are you kind of riding the fence? I tell you, I don't know of anybody that rides the fence and stays on it. They go backwards. Or they change and go forward. The Bible says a lot about repentance. Repentance is a kin of faith. You can't have one without the other. Is our faith strong enough to repent from a poor walk to a walk that glorifies God? Think about it. Think about how you walk. When you walk into your job on Monday morning, does the boss say, oh, great, he's here? They may say that, but would they miss you? See, a Christian walk with his employer should be one where it takes two people to replace you, if not more, because your walk is so strong with God. You're serving your employer like you're serving God. You say, but he's a heathen. It don't matter. Serve him like you're serving Jesus. God will bless because you're glorifying God in your walk. You get in an argument with your boss, don't argue. Let him have his way. He ain't going to kill you. We need a closer walk with God as Christians. Our country needs Christians who walk like Christ. Dear Heavenly Father. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com.